With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Joining us for another NFL Draft episode of Fan Junkies Radio, I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, my partner in crime, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, bud? How are we doing today, Jonathan? Uh, full-blown allergy season going on over here at the frat house. Funny that you say that. I'm actually looking at a bottle of uh, eye allergy Visine oh my on my uh, desk here. So, uh, yeah. I feel your pain, and I'm sure we feel everybody else's pain with the allergies now. I'm gonna, we're, we're, I'm gonna try to get through this, but my eyes feel like they're like, you know, on the floor. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. And uh, 32 degrees today, man. That was uh, this that was morning. A yeah, this morning. Yeah, it's a little warmer now, but that was a real shock. This morning. I think there are still places in this country that are get, that are seeing snow. So I have. Yes, a, but it's, it's you know, it's places you would expect to see snow in. Uh, you know, so they're they're hearing us talk about allergies and telling us to shut up and stop complaining. Yeah, I wasn't uh, too uh, looking forward to getting up at uh, you know five uh, thirty this morning, scraping ice off a window on April twenty second. Oh yuck! Oh man! All right, Mike. Well, we got a big, big, big show today. Uh, right around the twelve ten mark, we're going to be joined by WFAN Jets reporter and a good friend to ours here, Chris Lapresti. Yep. And then at around the twelve thirty mark, we're going to be joined by a very good friend, Brett Clendaniel. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a top fifteen fan junkies. NFL mock draft. Uh, this should be a lot of fun because it. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to just be stupid. <laughs> it's going to be stupid. It's going to be fun. And we're going to reach out on certain picks. But we want everybody to call in. You know, let us know what you think. Do you think somebody is going to get picked at a certain spot? Do you think we'll be crazy? If you can see, I'm pointing at Mike right now because I'm exactly. sure he's the worst of us all. But uh, it'll be fun. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely an NFL draft episode. Um also, with Chris, we're going to be talking about the, uh, uh, you know, yesterday's uh, Jets, Darrell Revis trade to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, sure. Talk about, what, was that a good deal? Does he like the picks? And what should or could the Jets do in Thursday's NFL draft in the first round? Now with two picks, Mike. Well, it certainly made things a little more uh, interesting, didn't it, now? It really did. And I'm going on the record. I like the trade, and I'll tell you why when Chris is on. Absolutely. I kind of like it, too, and I'll, I'll, you're right. We'll give, we'll give our opinions on that. We'll see if Chris uh, calls me a dumbass, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go right into our uh, hat trick uh, picks uh, over at hattrick.nhl.com, presented by Enterprise. It is now 6-5. Mike, you got a one-game lead on me. We both got a hat trick on Friday, so let's yep. jump right into it with today's questions, Mike. Mm-hmm. Which team will win between the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Ottawa Senators, who really needs to win this game, Mike. Yeah, I know, and it's a home game for the Senators, but I'm going to tell you, uh, I've not been – Senators have been inconsistent as of late, and I'm going with the Penguins. Yes, I'm going with the Penguins as well, Mike. Will Pavel Datsuk of the Detroit Red Wings, Mike, score at least one goal tonight against the Phoenix Coyotes? He's gotten a lot of helpers recently, uh, but um, really more recently – the goal-scoring issue has cooled off, and I'm saying no. I'm saying no as well, and if they want to win this game, which they do, Mike, because three points out of the eighth spot now, Columbus in front of them. Correct. They need Datsuk to score that goal tonight to win, but I'm also saying no. Which team will win between the Chicago Blackhawks, Mike, and the Vancouver Canucks? Chicago's got nothing to play for here on this one. Uh, I'm going with the Canucks. I'm going with the Blackhawks. How about that? Nobody's sitting. They're still going to play to win. They want that edge going into the playoffs, Mike. So, Blackhawks win. All right. So, that's the only one we have different, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Okay. Mike, today in sports. Today in sports, we're going to go back 99 years ago. 
Babe Ruth made his pitching debut with the Baltimore Orioles back in 1914. Let me tell you, your Phillies could use Babe Ruth pitching right now. Oh, you're not kidding. All right. we, could use, we could use Charlie Brown pitching. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was going to say somebody, but no. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll stay far away from that. Um, let's go into a little bit of an uh, uh, you know, NBA update here, Mike. Yeah. Um, playoffs started Saturday. Uh, we had four good games on Saturday, four good games on, on Sunday, Mike. So let's go through the games on Saturday. My New York Knicks. We both picked the Knicks to uh, go forward in this playoffs, Mike. I, I believe we both picked them at uh, – we both had them at six games. Right. Going to the second round of six games. They beat the Celtics 85-78. to 78. Yeah. Good showing from the Knicks in the first game. Not surprising. No. Melo with 36 points. Uh, still staying hot, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of NBA update there. Uh, J.R. Smith, uh, who's been lighting it up for the Knicks all year, won the NBA Sixth Man of the Year award today. Okay. The Denver Nuggets, who you have going in seven games, defeated the Warriors, who I have going in six games, 97-95. to Big, big, big loss for Golden State. Not because they lost the first game, Mike, but because David Lee injured out for the rest of the playoffs. Okay. The Nets defeated the Bulls, 106-89, to and the Clippers defeated the Grizzlies, 112-91. to All home teams won on Saturday, Mike. No surprises there, as we yeah, said earlier. Yeah, no surprises really at all, perhaps maybe with the exception. I frankly thought that the Clippers and the uh, Grizzlies game would have been a little bit closer, uh, Jonathan. Agreed. Now let's head over to Sunday's matchups, Mike. The Pacers... They got the best of the Hawks, 107-90. to Very, very good game I watched that. Spurs, 91-79 over the Lakers. Actually, I thought that would have been a bigger win for the Spurs yes. than that point spread right there. Um, especially that they only scored 91 against the Lakers. Right. Should we be worried? Who knows? Uh, Heat just dismantled. Oh. The Milwaukee Bucks, Mike. Yeah, yeah, they really did. It was almost, it was almost kind of embarrassing. Yeah, we have the Heat going off in a sweep, and uh, after that show, and uh, I know Brandon Jennings was uh, talking some garbage on the uh, Miami Heat <laughs> a day before the playoffs, and uh, I got to tell you, Brandon Jennings, shut up because you're about to get swept out of the playoffs. Uh, real big deal when you get 20 points from Ray Allen off your bench, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know that really uh, said it because you don't got Ray Allen. They could have very well have lost this game. Who knows? Uh, last game on Sunday was the Thunder and Rockets, Mike. As we all know, Thunder traded James Harden earlier on in the season, uh, offseason, to Houston in a, in, in a big shocker. And uh, let me tell you, Thunder told James Harden yesterday, we don't need you with a 120-91 to 91 win, Mike. Almost 30-point differential here. I mean, we were just talking about Miami game being almost uh, somewhat embarrassing. This, this is just incredible. Yeah, and I, wanted, I wouldn't have expected Oklahoma to put up thirty points, thirty almost thirty points over uh, the the Rockets. I, you know what? I knew they would win. We both picked OKC going in five games, Mike. We both right. had five games going in, um, but this was just downright killer. Yep. Um, everybody was chipping yesterday from Westbrook to Durant to Ibaka. Um, you had Kevin Martin off the bench, who they got from Houston for James Harden. Right. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, Rockets. Uh, and I have to say, everybody's oh, Knicks. You know, should have kept Jeremy Lin. Blah 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 blah. Thirty-two minutes yesterday, four points, four assists. Mm-hmm. Once again, show and uh, can't really get it done in the playoffs, Mike. So you, you know what, you need a good point guard. But yeah, that was it for those games. So all the home teams won, Mike. Yeah, and and again, I really didn't see anything here that was uh, a surprise. No. Like I said, with the exception of. Some of the point margins. That that's where I was. I was somewhat surprised, but you know, I, I, to, to me, it's chalk. Everybody went chalk on this one this week. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was definitely expected from uh, you know, even from what we saw. So, uh, congratulations to all the teams that won their first game this weekend. And let's see, we got two games uh, this evening. Yes, we do. Uh, eight o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, you got the second game between the uh, Bulls and the Nets. And then uh, the late game, 10.30 uh, Eastern time, uh, the second game between the Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Absolutely. Let's uh, take a real quick call if this is not our guest, Chris Lepresti. I apologize. Uh, 571 area code, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How's it going, guys? All right. Um, is this Chris? Hey, this is, this is, no, this is Terry Ray from Pro Star Sports Agency. Hey, hey, Terry Ray, what's going on, man? 
Not much, man. It's uh, I was trying to call in just to say that I was trying to help you guys, you know, get all these guys together and lined up for the shows and whatnot. And absolutely, wasn't going to be able to get a guy in. I think I had uh, uh, Caleb Sturgis for today, but I haven't yeah. been able to get in touch with him for now. So. That's that's fine. That's fine. We appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, working with us and getting John Lobb. Uh, you know, for all of our listeners right now listening, Terry Ray. Uh, vice president of the uh, Pro Star Sports Agency and also former NFL player playing uh, many years with the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, you, who else do you play for? Atlanta Falcons you were with for a little while, Terry? That's right. I was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and finished my career with the New England Patriots. Great, great, great. Uh, so, you know what, Terry, while we have you on the line real quick, let me ask you this. Sure. How excited are you about Thursday's drift? <laughs> Um, I'm super excited. It is what you, you know, what we've been working all this time for, putting all this stuff together, and you know, the the old draft format where it was not spread out over so many days, it made it a little bit more stressful. So um, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to, you know, you get a bit of a stress and you get a break and regroup and, and so forth. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Out of all your guys, real quick, Tyree. Um, you know, we've looked at all your draftees that are under Pro Star, some great, great talent. Caleb Sturgis, uh, we're going to have Justin Cudworth with us tomorrow. I know John Lobb was just with us. Um, you know, a lot of these names, you know, could be later round picks, could be undrafted, uh, you know, free agents. Which one do you think that we're going to get to see possibly Thursday, Friday, or over the weekend that will get mentioned, uh, you, know, on, you know, on TV as a draft pick? Oh, man, I, that's, a, that's a really tough question because as you guys – probably knowing as you watch this thing, it unfolds in so many different ways where yeah. you might have an opportunity where you think this team would be a good place for a guy and all of a sudden somebody, some other team does something and changes the whole outlook of where everybody might go or what their needs are. So I, it's really hard to tell. It's like in the moment once everything starts happening, we'll have yeah. a good idea, and that's why we kind of pinpoint where things should um, stack up for our guys and, and so forth, and, and it's, it's kind of a living thing. So at this yeah. point in time, it's really hard to tell. Real quick, Terry, do you think that this might just be one of the more, uh, what's the word I want, insecure drafts that we've seen in, in, in perhaps maybe decades? Um, Insecure? A lot, lot of question out. marks. Let's put it that way, a lot of question marks. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was reading about – so the, the Real Reeves trade, I, I saw all this stuff that was going back and forth that happened yesterday, and I think Tampa, they, one of the comments that came out of there was they were happy with what they came up with because they said that, you know, they feel like the best part of the draft is in the second and the third round, which right. to me kind of implies that they're saying that nobody's really worth a first-round pick, which I guess to your point of, of, of this being this type of draft. So – um, you know, I, I don't really see it that way. You know, there's a lot of great players. There's a lot of teams that are going to make themselves better with a lot of guys that they're going to get in the first round. It just – it's based on last year where you had the quarterback yeah. at the top that everybody was hyping. It's right. not that kind of draft. And, yeah. you know, those quarterbacks that will get taken, as long as they're taken in the right places by the teams that really need them, I think it will still be – those kids will still have great – um, pro careers, um, it just is not going to come with all the hoopla that came with like the yeah. RG3 and the, and the luck kind of in the draft. You're probably right. A lot of us, I think, are influenced by last year. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it, it was yeah. a deep draft last year for quarterbacks. Uh, this year, you know, good quarterbacks, but definitely not as last year. But you got three quarterbacks on your roster over there uh, in John Lobb, Kyle Frazier, Ryan Ozieki. So three names we could be hearing in the later rounds, possibly as undrafted free agents. Exactly, and you know we've had great feedback from a lot of teams on these uh, young men and, and what they've been able to do during the process of being evaluated and so forth. So um, yeah, any of these young men that are coming out, they're looking for an opportunity for a fit with some place where there's a need, and we we feel like we've got our eye on a bunch of situations where these guys will have an opportunity. So. It's exciting uh, this time of year to have an opportunity to help that dream come true for those young men. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Terry, listen, you know what? Thanks for calling in. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we have to get you on sometime in the near future because we want to talk about you and your phenomenal career, uh, especially as your time as you know as a scout with the Redskins and now as an agent. So we definitely yeah. want to get you on in the future. After the draft. No problem, anytime. Um, yeah, after the draft when, you know, I've got a couple – 
moments to take deep breaths, sure, we can talk <laughs> as long as you guys want to. Great, man. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch, Terry. Thanks for calling today. Uh, good luck, man. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. You got it. Bye. Great guy. Love talking to Terry Ray, man, through emails uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, we're also going to have uh, Eastern Michigan linebacker Justin Cudworth, one of Terry's guys, on with us Wednesday. So we'll talk about that a little later. But let's get to our guest, uh, WFAN Jets reporter Chris Lopresti. Chris, what's going on, man? How are you guys? How are you doing today? Hey, Chris. Thanks for being with us again today. No problem. Always happy to come on. Yeah, we're doing good, but I'm sure you're a little busy over there today, Chris. I would think. Uh, it's been an interesting 24 to 36 hours, no question. Um, but, you know, look, it's uh, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Um, I was pretty adamant that I didn't think it was going to happen when all was said and done just because I, I didn't think the Jets were going to get uh, the package that they, they had wanted. But uh, when it came down to it, there was one team interested. It was a take-it-or-leave-it type of situation, and I guess – you know, we'll get we'll get more into it, but Idzik, John Idzik felt, hey, if we're not going to pay the guy, we better get something for him before he uh, before he walks at the end of the year as a free agent. Absolutely. Now let's you know let's go with this first, Chris. Uh, I'm I'm going to talk to you more as a diehard Jets fan than I'm going to talk about anything else. Um, over the weeks, over the last month, we've heard a lot of Jets fans, uh, you know, really angry over the fact that if the Jets can't get the number 13th pick, then they have to keep Revis. They got the number 13 pick yesterday in a trade, but now we hear them crying over the loss of maybe a, you know, a second pick in next year's draft instead now. Um, for what package that the Jets got Darrell Revis for, did you think it was a fair haul for Revis this point in his career coming off an injured knee? And uh, what do you see the Jets doing with this number 13 pick? Well, I think it was the best they could do considering the situation. And what's been really interesting about this whole you know, scenario for me is I've heard both sides of the argument, people that were pro-trading Revis, people that were against trading Revis, and I'm not sure there's a, a right or wrong answer to that. I've heard arguments yeah. on both sides, arguments that yeah. make sense. So, you know, I can't sit here, and I'm not even going to have an opinion on whether it was right or wrong to trade him. My issue is with the way they went about it, more specifically Woody Johnson. I mean, he tipped his hand back in January. Whether or not it was him leaking out, you know, his feelings or someone that works with him or someone that's close to him, ultimately – he owns the franchise. That's his house over there in Florham Park. He runs the ship. And so whether it's him leaking out that information or someone on his staff, that's something that needs to be controlled better because John uh -huh. Isaac walks in in January on the day he's hired. He's already facing, you know, mm -hmm. major Darrell Revis trade rumors. And I just think his hands were tied. I mean, they tried to make the best deal they could. They tried to wait as long as they could to have Revis's knee check out to make sure everyone knew he was ahead in his, in his recovery and his rehab, which obviously was the case here. But – you had one team involved, one team that was interested, and it was pretty clear the Jets, and more specifically Woody Johnson, weren't interested in, in paying him again and going through another contract negotiation with Revis and his agents and his manager and having that whole dog and pony show. So I just think uh, the Jets backed themselves into a corner where you know the, their leverage wasn't as high, uh, Revis's trade value wasn't as high for a lot of different reasons. So yeah. it's you know I'm actually impressed that they managed to get the 13th pick in this year's draft, but I still say had they played it differently, they would have been able to get a better return for him. But it is what it is now. There's no way to go back and change that. Looking ahead to this week, more specifically Thursday in round one, you know, look here's what we've heard about this draft. It's not it's not very top heavy. There's certainly some good players, <laughs> but it's not you know the kind of top 10 or top 15 we've seen in years past. And it's yeah. the middle rounds that are extremely deep. So, look, the Jets have a ton of holes to fill. Um, two first-round picks is nice. I'm, I'm sure they could get two really good players. But I would not be surprised at all if they take one of those picks and, and they trade down later into the first mm -hmm. round or even back into the second round and start stockpiling picks because, look, they, they've run the analysis on all the players. I'm sure there's a ton of guys they like in the middle rounds, and I think the more bodies they can get uh, and get into uniform and, and, and plunk some holes that they really struggle to fill in free agency, to me that makes more sense. You still make a pick in the first round, you trade one of the other picks, you move down, you add a couple extra picks, you get a couple extra bodies, and hope you hit some, some home runs in the second and third rounds. But we'll see how they play it. You know, We have no idea how the first eight picks are going to turn out. I mean, I, you, yeah. it's unbelievable the, the, the chatter we're hearing, and just yeah. no one seems to have a real good hold on what's going on. So uh, certainly someone could fall on their lap at 9 or even 13 that they're in love with, but uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, the way I've described it is this is kind of an upside-down uh, draft that we're looking at this year. And it's amazing to me that with the exception of maybe Kansas City and maybe the Raiders, uh, those folks up at the top of the draft pick, uh, a lot of them would prefer to be moving down. 
Nobody right. wants to and, be in the top five. <laughs> I mean, if you and specifically you look and focus on the quarterback position, I've heard people talking about Geno Smith or Ryan Nassim in the top ten, and I've heard other people say they're not going to go till the second or third round. So it just seems right. like one of those years where if a team doesn't pull the trigger on someone early on, it could be an incredible slide for that player. So it's just really hard to get a grip. I mean, it's always hard because teams are, are kind of you know putting up smoke screens because they don't want to give away what they're thinking. But it seems this year, more so than other years, it's, no one really has a read at all on what's going to happen, like you said, after we get past those first couple of things. I've read uh, from fans uh, out there, and again, I, 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 somehow or another with New York Jets, you always got to go back to the fan base. Uh, but I have heard fans on one side saying that they thought that the move of, of uh, uh, Revis was excellent, and others who feel the complete opposite. Yeah. Uh, what would the fans' reaction be, uh, Chris, if in fact, uh, let's say, the Jets didn't use the number 13 pick? Because it seems to me the Jets are positioned ni- nicely in that first round with a 9 and a 13. There are right. a lot of teams up at the top of the draft board that would like to be where the Jets are. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's going to depend on what plays out in the, with the teams picking before them and who's left on the board, who's interested in trading up. I will say this, and I'm not, you know, it's not my, it's not an original opinion. I've seen this said in multiple places over the last day or so. There's going to be a lot of pressure on whoever it is if they use that number 13 pick. I mean, yep. that will forever be linked with, hey, that's the pick we got for Revis, so this guy better come in. Idzik better hit a home run with the pick. The player better come right. in and produce. And, look, that's not a reason not to use the pick, um, but I think yeah. you kind of have to take everything into consideration. You don't want to make a reach just because it's, oh, we have two first-round picks, we have to use them because this is what we got for Revis. If they don't feel the proper values there, they don't feel there's someone that can come in and make a difference right away, to me, with a team that's rebuilding, that has salary cap issues, not as bad as it was you know, early in the offseason, and a team that has a lot of holes to fill, if there's a team that's willing to trade up and you can move down and, and still feel you're going to get value and a player that you think highly of, whether it's late in the first round or early in the second round, I think that's something they at least have to consider. And uh, John Idzik certainly seems like the, you know, this, this, kind of, this kind of GM that's really going to sit and analyze everything. He seems to be a real thinker, and he's going to kind of sit back. He's not going to rush. He's not going to be impulsive. So I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure they're working the phones already trying to figure everything out. And uh, yep. ultimately, we have to see how it plays out Thursday night in those first you know, eight picks or so. And then you know, what happens between when they pick at 9 and 13 before we're going to have any idea what they might choose to do there. Right. Yeah. Is there any uh, you know, rumors going around right now or uh, any kind of noise that they're waiting for a specific player to be available at that number nine? Because I keep hearing that they want Mingo to be down at that nine pick. And if they can get Mingo, they could. But I've also heard about Deion Jordan. I've heard about Jarvis Jones. So it looks like they're going to go defense with that number nine pick. Well, I think, I think Mingo's been attached to them a lot. I'm not sure you know, that I've heard a lot of that coming from the Jet camp. But, again, it's hard to tell where the rumors are coming from. I'd be very afraid with Mingo. I mean, I'm not going to doubt that he, you know, he's, a, he's a physical specimen. The athletic stuff just jumps up off the chart at you. you know, obviously big in his workouts. But, and I hate to make the comparison, and again, I'm not the only one that's done it, but I just I, I can't help but think Vernon Golston when I see a guy like that. And I'm not mm. trying to say they're the same player <laughs> or that he's a definite bust, yeah. but again, the Jets need to hit, they, they're not even a home run. They need to bring in someone that's ready to play and contribute with one of these first-round picks. I mean, you just can't, in a, in a year where they're rebuilding, and again, I hate to keep saying the same thing, there's so many holes to fill. They need someone that can come in and make an impact right away. No question they could use athleticism and speed on defense. I mean, we've been talking about that for how long. They need someone that can rush the passer. Um, yeah. I, I'm just not I'm not sold on the guy. And listen, we never know exactly how every pick's going to pan out. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I'd be very wary of it. I think if Deion Jordan fell to them, that would be, I think they'd be, Tickle pink. I don't see yep. that he's gonna ever make it to them at nine, and certainly no. not at thirteen. Um, no. But you know, defense—it's amazing we're talking about about defense because there are holes to fill. And then you, you look at the other side of the ball. I mean, they don't have any playmakers on offense. Tavon Austin's been a name that's linked to them at thirteen. Uh, I think that might be a guy you could see them using, taking with that thirteenth pick, just to get a guy that has some, you know, game-breaking playability on the offensive side of the ball. But look, uh, there's there's talented guys in the draft. Whether or not they come away with one or two in the first round, it's going to be a name that we've heard. I really don't think it's going to be a surprise pick that, you know, a name where we're surprised or that they reach. I think they're going to kind of stick with their draft board, try and get some value, and if they feel the value is not there, I certainly could see them trading down. 
Yeah, absolutely. If they do trade down and they get a couple more picks in the second and in the third or whatever, um, if a guy like Ryan Nassib or even Matt Barkley are available, do, do you see the Jets possibly taking a chance on grabbing a quarterback in the later rounds? My goodness. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know what their what their grades are in these guys, but, yeah, if they trade yeah. down and, and there's a guy available and he's slotted, you know, where, where they think it makes sense in terms of value, I okay. wouldn't be surprised to see them do that in, in the second round or third round or even a fourth round. But, yeah. I think it would be uh, a major mistake if they if they were to gamble on a quarterback in the first round, and, and I'm not saying I think they're going to do that or that they've heard that they will. Uh, I know some people have tried to you know make the, the Geno Smith connection and whatnot. To me, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense just from the standpoint that the odds of this team competing this year are pretty slim. Uh, we saw what happened with Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow last year. It was a mess. There's going to be a lot of attention on Sanchez again this year, whether or not he starts. You know, we don't know. Either way, he's going to be around. The contract is huge. He's not performing up to expectations right now. Uh, to bring in a, a high-profile rookie quarterback right now yep. and just create that circus atmosphere again in a season where yep. you're probably not going to be very good doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Chances <laughs> are they're going to have a, another high first-round pick next year. It seems like the quarterback class next year is going to be stronger. So, to me, I don't see the rush, and I don't, I don't see the upside or the benefit of doing something like that this season. You're absolutely right on, Chris. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think it would be a big, big mistake. I think it would be a big, big mistake for for uh, for the Jets to, to try to make a move into a, a QB situation, particularly in the first round. Particularly right. in the first round. Oh, absolutely right. in the first round, no doubt about yeah, that. I mean, Taking a guy that you you feel you could develop over time. I mean, teams do that all the they do that all the time. I mean, that's that's kind of almost the the new wave of thinking. You look at a guy like Russell Wilson. Now that happened pretty quickly, but you can find value with these quarterbacks. You know, later in the draft, when I mean, you gamble, you know, you roll the dice on a guy early in the first round. And I know they don't pay them as much as they used to, but still, that that's you're investing a lot by using that that first round pick on, on a quarterback when we it's never a slam dunk you don't know how it's going to work out they just did that with Sanchez you know I, I shouldn't say just it's five or six years now uh, but to me it just doesn't make a lot of sense based on the you know the situation they're facing and the fact that there's not a lot of talent surrounding whoever's going to play quarterback this year on offense there's just not at least the way the the roster shapes up right now so I think you, if you're going to expect a rookie to step in and, and produce with an offense that struggled last year and doesn't have a lot of talent around him, I just think you're setting him up for, for disaster. I think, uh, Chris, you made a very valid point, and, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure being placed on the Jets administration here to use the number 13 pick simply because of the fact, as you pointed out, this is going to be the pick that's forever going to be tied with Revis. And for them to to move that 13, I don't think it's going to set well with their fan base. Now, while we already know that particularly on the front end of this draft, it is very heavy with offensive linemen and defensive linemen and defensive uh, secondary, my question to you, with the 13, why not go after somebody like uh, a Cardell uh, Patterson for as a wide receiver? Uh, I Like I said, I think, to me, Tavon Austin would be the guy. Um, you know, I know Cordell Patterson's had, you know, he's obviously had some some good talk surrounding him, but seems to be more on the raw side, a guy that's going to take time to develop. Uh, whereas Tavon Austin, I, I think based based on what I've read and what I've seen, is a guy you can you can put in there in the slot. You can use him in those three wide sets. You can let him you know run the deep pattern, and he can, he's able to stretch the field and give you a more explosive option. A guy that when you put the ball in his hands, he makes plays. And certainly, we didn't see a whole lot of that on the Jet offense last year. You know, Antonio Holmes coming off surgery. You know, Jeremy Curley, I thought, had a nice season, did a nice job, but I, I don't think is really a game-breaking player. So I, I think they need to add speed and, and playmaking ability on offense. That goes without saying. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you guys don't already know. So to me, if they're going to go offense um, or, or, or a skill player, I think that would be the guy at 13. Whether or not he's still there, whether or not the Jets think that's the proper value, uh, you know, I can't tell you. Uh, as of when we had that pre-draft, pre-draft press conference last week with Idzik and Terry Bradway and, you know, uh, their director of college scouting, they still hadn't even set their board yet. They had done all of their, their write-ups and their scouting and everything and compiled all their reports, did their interviews, but uh, they were going to sit down over the course of when that was, well, I guess last Wednesday, between then and this week in the first round, they're going to sit down and slot everyone in. So I think they were still figuring out where they were going to slot guys in in terms of, in terms of their value and, and where they felt uh, they fit amongst all the other players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris, real quick, what's the uh, word going on with uh, Chris Ivory? 
You know, I think it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to I meant to mention that. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, basically what we heard is it's a fifth-round pick that they probably have to give up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks at the running back position right now. Obviously, they have some guys in-house. But, again, nobody that you would really consider a, a game-breaking player. And I'm not saying Chris Ivory is that. But you look at a guy that's been pretty productive in his in his short career. He's the odd man out in New Orleans just because they've committed, uh, you know, money and resources to other players. Um, you know, Mark Ingram is a first-round pick. They bring in Sproles, who's not really your prototypical running back, but they brought him in and paid him. So, you know, Ivory's kind of the odd man out, and it makes sense for the Saints to try and get something for him if they're not planning on using him. And I think that's a guy that could come in and fit nicely and make a difference on the offense. You know, look, it never helped, never hurts to have depth at that position. And a fifth-round pick obviously is not a lot to give up, especially when the Jets seem to be in this mode where they're going to try and stockpile picks. They're expecting to have a lot of um, uh, com- uh, compensatory selections next year for some of the, f- the free agents they lost this off season. So they're going to have plenty of picks at their disposal. So I think if they can pull the trigger on that, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a nice little uh, two punch there with uh, Goodson and Ivory. Uh, right. Chris, uh, you know, just want to uh, thank you for uh, taking the time out to join us again today here on Fan Junkies Radio, and uh, I guess we'll be connecting with you uh, sometime soon to see how the uh, NFL absolutely. draft plays out. So, yep. absolutely, absolutely. Perhaps guys, maybe right after. Perhaps maybe right after the draft. Yeah, why not? I, I, the draft is one of my favorite. It's my favorite time of year. I have a lot of fun with it. So uh, this will be my first time actually being there in Florin Park for it. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we have a lot to talk about after the fact. Absolutely. Great, great. Thanks so much, Chris. We appreciate it. Thanks, All right, Chris. guys. Thanks again. Have a good one. Take care. You know, it, it, listen, it makes sense. Uh, you know, trade down. Jets need bodies. They they need to fill holes, Mike. Um if they stick with the number 13 pick, it's because they're going to grab somebody that they can honestly believe that is is, is going to be a huge part of their team from now in and, and into the future. But if there's nobody there, why not grab a couple of multiple picks in the second and the third round? Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something, uh, Jonathan. I think that this, and I was thinking about this last night as I was reading through it and looking over the details of the whole trade and what have you. This is going to put an enormous amount of pressure on the Jets' front office. To use both of those picks. Yeah. I think your fan base up there, and we know that they're an unforgiving fan base. Yeah. Uh, and I think Chris summed it up absolutely right on. That number 13 is forever going to be tied with Revis. And if for some reason or another the Jets finagle that one, move it around, turn it into something else, you're always going to have that fan base that's going to be out there second guessing. And they're going to be really, really vocal if, in fact, it doesn't turn out right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It puts a lot of pressure on the front office. I think that the Jets almost have to use the number 13. They can't use it for leverage in trying to turn it into two other picks. That's yeah. not going to happen. They can't do it. I don't think – I mean, that's just my personal feeling on it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know what? It, it, it is John Isaac. It's not – uh, you know, Mike Tannenbaum anymore, Mike. So, uh, you know, we, you know what? We really just have to wait and see what's going to happen on well, Thursday because anything could happen now. Well, uh, absolutely. I think it makes – I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Make no mistake. I frankly think the Jets have put themselves in a nice position. I, for one, would prefer to, to have my Eagles in the position your Jets are yeah. than to have the number four pick, as yeah. I pointed out to Chris. I think there's a lot of us up here in the top five that would prefer to be a little further down the line. Yeah. But um, uh, I just I, – I really, really believe that they have to use that pick, and I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. Uh, I'll tell you what I do like. I like the idea of getting Ivory for you guys. I think that that's a good move. Oh, I love it, man. As soon as I heard about it, I loved it. The uh, one-two punch between uh, Chris Ivory and Mike Goodson, love it, Mike. I, I, to, you know, to me, that's an upgrade over Green, uh, Bilal, Powell, and uh, – and uh, what's his name from last year, McKnight. So Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I like it a lot. I think that's going to be a, a, a real, real big help to the and offense. I think, I, think, I think if the rumors are correct and you can get it for what what, what the rumors have been, it would be a steal. I yeah. Think. Well, they offered a six-round pick, so we haven't heard back yet if they're going to take the six-round pick. I mean, if they can get it for a six-round pick over a fifth-round pick, even better. But if they can get Chris Ivory for a fifth-round pick, you wipe your hands clean and you get it done. You know, that's absolutely. it. Absolutely. Would be a great deal. All right, Mike, let's get into our little bit uh, of our Fan Junkies mock draft here. We're going to do 15 teams, the first 15 teams we're going to do. You're going to go, Brett's going to go, and I'm going to go. And with that being said, let's welcome our good friend, Brett Daniel. What's going on, Brett? What's up, guys? How are you today? Hey, Brett. 
How are you, Mike? Appreciate you being with us. Oh, thank you. All right, so let's jump right into it. It's going to be a little bit of fun here because I'm sure, uh, you know, Mike's going to throw out some uh, sleepers in here for us. <laughs> well, considering I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, picking these this morning uh, with only one cup of coffee under my belt, uh, you guys, you're in for anything at this oh, point. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go with you first, Mike, led by Brett, and then me. Okay, well, if we are picking, and we're picking as we believe it's going to go, uh, the first pick, of course, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and everything that we have heard and we've read, almost every mock draft now that I have seen is universally got Andy Reid taking Luke uh, Jokel. Yeah. Yeah, agree with that. All right, where do you see the uh, Jags going with number two? You know, it's a toss-up. Uh, the Jags, obviously, they have they have a ton of needs. They have their left tackle is going to be going after the year. They already have a very depleted linebacking core, and uh, with Maurice Jones-Drew and his health, you you really don't know what you're getting out of that position. Yeah. So potentially, there's a lot of ways that they can go. They also don't have a quarterback. They don't have a cornerback. <laughs> the Jags need a hell of a lot, and that's probably why they're they're paying at number two. Um, ultimately, I think that they end up going. To, uh, to offensive tackle, and I think they take the guy that, that many people right now are talking about could possibly go first with uh, instead of Luke Jokel. I think it's a toss-up, but I think the Jags are going to take Eric Fisher out of Central right. Michigan. Interesting. I like that pick, actually. I like that pick. A lot, of, a lot of people have them going after uh, Deion Jordan, but uh, I, who knows? Well, I, you, know, Nate, I mean, you know, listen, I, it might be my lack of caffeine this morning, but I, uh, I had him picking uh, <laughs> D. Milner. I it's I had them actually picking Deion Jordan, so but we'll see what happens here. Uh, the Raiders, uh, for my pick number three, uh, of course, the Raiders always have a bunch of holes to fill, um, and you know this year is uh, you know nothing different. I actually have them picking uh, defensive lineman Sheriff Floyd out of yep. Florida. That's where I see them going with the uh, Raiders. I had I, I you know interestingly, Jonathan, I had Sharif Floyd going uh, number three as well. Yeah. Who'd you have number three, Brett? Did you pick? Uh, I also Lloyd. Okay. Or cool. Floyd. My, okay. my bad. All right, Mike. It's uh, you know at number four, and it's your Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we uh, set, you know I set that up nicely for you, just so I can see who you have going for the Eagles. Well, I know there's been a lot of talk about them going uh, offensive line. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as I was doing Mayan uh, with one cup of coffee, I uh, uh, I'm going to go against uh, Brett a bit because I had the Eagles taking Eric Fisher, uh, defensive uh, lineman. Okay. Uh, on this one, simply because when I was looking at the board as I was doing it, he was the he was the I guess the premier guy that was available at the four spot. Yeah. All right. Remember, Brett, we can pick the same players, but we're going to see who can go what for five after uh, Thursday's draft. Uh, <laughs> Brett, who did you have for the Eagles in that spot? I think that uh, Chip Kelly is going to dip back into his Oregon alumni, and he's uh, going to take Deion Jordan as kind of his joker. He needs somebody that's going to be chasing around RG3 for years to come, and I think Deion Jordan's the guy that he wants. Let me tell you, if they can get Deion Jordan, that's going to be the pick of the draft, and I'm telling you that right now. I actually had them taking Starlo to Lele. I, can, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's going there. No, but we'll see what happens. I, that's That's where I see them going. We'll see what happens. Uh, Brett, with the uh, fifth pick, the Detroit Lions will select. <laughs> uh, once again, another team that has, has quite a few openings, uh, especially, I think, the, uh, a receiver. I could possibly see them dropping down somewhere in the draft to maybe take a receiver later on. Uh, they did they did lose Titus Young uh, this year. So, no, it's really, this is another pick that could go anyway. I do think that they, uh, that they will stick on the defense. Defensive side of the uh, draft, and I think they will go with from BYU defensive end Ziggy Ansah. Oh, Ooh, you got Ansah going up it's pretty high there. Cool, I like that. Uh huh. I actually had. I agree. I think that's a bit high, but go ahead. I had Eric Fisher at that spot. Need, need some uh, protection for Stafford, man. That's where I had Fisher going. Well, and I had Lute, uh, Lute going there. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, I actually have the Cleveland Browns, another team with a lot of holes. I was looking at the cornerback position here, but I actually have them selecting Ziggy Anta. Cleveland, right? Yep, Cleveland. Yep, Cleveland. Uh, I I think that D. Milliner uh, could possibly go there. Cleveland I, definitely you know, wants him bad. A lot of questions uh, surfacing all of a sudden after uh, you know last couple of days over his knee. Um, so I, I don't know if he's even going to go that high now. So. Uh, I was going to say, wait a minute, though. I mean, uh, okay, now you're giving me news I hadn't heard. 
I, yeah. I was just going to ask Brett, uh, do you think he's really? You think Milner's going to hang around as late as six? I really do. I really do. Right, uh, right now, the stuff being spoken about, I think uh, Milner might be there for around ten, eleven, and twelve. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of the that's when you see the stock Note to self, check check on Milner, because okay, I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> yeah, I was reading it this morning actually. I, I can't remember where. I can't tell you where I was reading it, but there was a couple of questions about his knee. But that's what I said. If he drops down to that pick, you're going to see Xavier Rhodes' stock from Florida State go up. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And I and I, and I think there's something to that because a lot of teams thought that the Philadelphia Eagles really had Milliner circled right there at number four. A lot of people. Um, and then yeah. last week, some news came out that for some reason, whatever, the Eagles had canceled their appointment with, with Milliner to bring him to Philadelphia to work him out. Yeah. And nobody really knew why. Nobody's come out and, and actually said why. They just said, you know, they have everything that they need to know when it comes to Milliner, and that was it. And I thought that was really telling. Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't his knee. It's actually his shoulder and that he won't be ready for the start of the season. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. So, there you go. That's the news on D. Milliner right now. I think he's going to drop down big time if a lot of teams are that concerned. Uh, Mike. Yeah. Your pick with the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I'm going to go off. I'm, I'm going to go a little I'm going to go a little crazy here. Um, you know, everybody's talking uh, Geno Smith. I frankly don't think Geno Smith is going to go as high as everybody's projecting. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan Nazib to the Cardinals. Whoa, at that pick, huh? That's... Yes. Yep. All right. Brett, who did you have going to Arizona in that spot? You know, that would break the heart. If the uh, if the Cardinals did that pick, that would break the heart of the uh, Buffalo Bills, who I think have Nassib listed as their highest quarterback on the uh, board. And I think that that's where they would want to go um, to play in the fairness of our mock draft. Obviously we can't have two people go. Um, I then think that the uh, Buffalo bills would pass on taking a quarterback in the first round. I don't think that they really are that big on, uh, on Geno Smith. <laughs> um, so I would say that the, the next guy that they would go with, they have no offensive line depth whatsoever. And I think that pick would be from Alabama offensive guard chance, chance Wormack. Nice. Yeah. I got the same pick there. I got the yeah. same pick there. Same pick. Interesting. Interesting though, um, for for Buffalo in that eight spot, uh, I actually do have Geno Smith going to Buffalo. Wow! All right, look at that. All right, um, who do we got coming up now? Uh, the Bills, Brett. Uh, the Bills are taking Chance Warmack. We're up to the Jets. Yeah, and that's me. That's so you me. got Warmack going to the Bills. By the way, I don't see the Cardinals going quarterback at all, only because I think uh, they're going to wait it out till next year, which is the reason why they got Palmer in the season. I actually have. I actually prefer, think that the Cardinals are going to take Lane Johnson. Okay, all right. I can see Out of that. Oklahoma. Huh? Yeah, I can see that happening. I actually uh, had them taking Warmack in that spot, but I can see them going after Johnson. Um, with the Jets, um, you know, it's a guy that Chris Lepresi just said uh, kind of reminds him of a Vernon Golston. I don't think he's going to be that terrible. I actually think he's going to be a lot better than Vernon Golston. I think anybody can be a lot better than a Vernon Golston. I actually see him if he's there. I know that they're. Desperately wanting Deion Jordan. If he falls there, they're going to take Deion Jordan. He's going to be a star in New York. But if he's not there, I see them going with Bark Mingo. Yeah, I could see that as well. I've got Mingo going a little bit later. Okay. But I, I could see that as well. Where, I, I where you got going there? I would agree with you, Jonathan, on that one. For the Jets? Yeah. I think I think it's going to be Bark Mingo or Jarvis Jones. It's going to be one of those two guys. Yeah, Great, Jarvis have, Jones is my second on there. I have Jarvis Jones going to the Jets in the nine in the nine spot. Yeah, I have him there as well. Uh, all right, uh, Mike, uh, Tennessee Titans, number 10. Uh, Tennessee is in need of a safety, and so therefore I've got them taking Kenny Vaccaro. I like Kenny Vaccaro. Who do you got, Brett? For for the Titans? Yes. You know, it's it's kind of tough. I, I think they're hoping that, uh, that, that Star drops down to them. Obviously, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Uh, if Chance Wormack falls there, I can see that happening as well. I think they have their eyes on Jonathan Cooper out of North Carolina. I like Jonathan Cooper. I actually uh, have him go in my next pick. Um, I actually take, have them taking D. Milner. I think that uh, they'll take him and weed it out on his shoulder, see what he can do. Uh, number 11, Brett, all you San Diego Chargers. I was actually reading up on this a little bit this morning because when it came to uh, to the picks that I knew that I was going to do, 
this was the one that I really was like, wow, these guys could literally go anywhere. There are so many holes in that team out there. Um, <laughs> you know, their offensive line across the board, uh, their defensive line is also very, very worn out. Um, I can see yep. there's a, this, now these may be stretches, but <laughs> I really think that we, that they end up going defensive line with the new system that they're going to implement out there. And I can see Bjorn Werner or Sheldon Richardson possibly being the pick that they decided to go to. Wow. Werner, I could see. Yeah. Yeah. Warner I have going a little bit lower there. I got them actually taking the offensive line uh, going with Jonathan Cooper in that spot. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, it's me, and it's the Dolphins' time. I actually have them going cornerback here, and I got them taking Xavier Rhodes. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. All right. I... And it's 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 the second – well, actually, Brett, who did you have uh, going to the Dolphins? I also think Xavier Rhodes. And I think that that if if you look at most of the mock drafts, for some reason they have Xavier Rhodes going there for a reason. And uh, I I think that that's going to be the point. Because they need a quarterback. That's why I think they uh, lost Sean Smith this offseason. And see, I had Xavier Rhodes going to the Chargers. And for the Dolphins, uh, it would be Chance Warmack because I think uh, Chance Warmack is not going to go as high as most people think. Yeah, I think Chance Warmack is going to go a little bit higher than most people think. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, going to, you know, as crazy over uh, Lane Johnson. But uh, Mike, number yes, thirteen, sir. my Jets. Yes, sir. And this is going to make you very, very happy because uh, if you recall, with the number nine pick, I took Jones. Uh, with the number 13, I've got Mingo going. you got Mingo going yep. to the Jets in that yep. spot. All right. Uh, who do you got in that spot? I just want you to know, Jonathan, I sure. made picks without any influence from you whatsoever. I wasn't even thinking of you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Brett, who did you have going to the Chargers again? To the Chargers, I had Jonathan Cooper. Cooper. Okay, that's right. Okay. Who do you have going to the Jets in that number 13 spot after getting it from the uh, Revis trade yesterday? Oh geez, I I haven't even. I'm I'm not positive to be honest with you. I mean, I, I definitely believe that it's going to be Jarvis Jones or Bark Mingo. Hopefully, maybe one of them falls to that to that 13 spot as well, and they get both their guys. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have Jarvis Jones going at the number 13 spot as well. But if they don't, I actually see them going offensive lineman. Hmm. Yeah, they, I, okay. they offensive linemen help, and I had You're not them kidding. Help. They do. Yeah, uh, with uh, well, yeah, they need a lot more help than just offensive linemen. But uh, I had them going with uh, Lane Johnson in that spot if he drops down. Uh, Jonathan, though, real quick while we're on that number thirteen, because you and I, you know, we were just talking with Chris. Yes. Do you think they're going to use the thirteen? If there's somebody available, and they know from the teams right after them leading up to 13 that they're not going to be going for a certain player, I think they'll stay there and take it. If Jarvis Jones is available, they're going Jarvis Jones. Okay, I'm, all right. So said. it's gonna. Yeah. Your thinking is it's going to depend upon the board as it looks at that particular moment, Absolutely. which means they're going to have to have a plan set up in advance. Yes. That if they don't have somebody ready to go. They're going to be on the phone immediately, bam, over to so-and-so, over to this GM, and we're going to make that move. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. They, right. Listen, if they feel Jarvis Jones is going to go uh, right before him, I see them trying to uh, make a deal, maybe even falling back into the second, getting more picks. Uh, you know, But honestly, it wouldn't even surprise me if Jarvis Jones went to, let's say, a number six and went to uh, the Cleveland Browns before right. that. So, right. Okay. But we'll see what happens. Um, Very interesting. Brett, with the Panthers, who do you got them taking at the 14th spot? Most likely some kind of lineman, whether an offensive or defensive lineman. I could see DJ Fluker from Alabama there. I could see Sheldon Richardson out of Missouri drop there. And one pick that um, I've only seen a few people actually talk about that I think they really could need help with would be on a, at, the, at the wide receiver position. And I think you could see them maybe stretch for, for one of those playmakers out there, like a quarter rail Patterson or a DeAndre Hopkins. Beautiful. I got DeAndre Hawkins going uh, from Clemson to the Panthers. Uh you know, with Revis down there now, man, they need a second wide receiver. You need you need a playmaker. Uh, you know, Steve Smith's getting older. You need a Hopkins. That's where I see him. Or, or uh, even a Tavon Austin if he's available. And and he has skyrocketed in yeah. the last uh, – since all this has come down. So He's skyrocketed to the point that Mel Kuyper actually has him in his top five total <laughs> on his big board. So Tavon Austin? Tavon Austin. He has skyrocketed uh. that He's not going top five, man, because if you look at those top fives, man, the only ones that actually has a uh, legit quarterback to, that's going to throw is Matt Stafford, and he's so unpredictable as of late. 
Mel makes his picks at 8 a.m. in the morning after he's woken up from his dreams. Honestly, God, every day. He's not saying he's he's going to be a top five pick, but he's saying as far as his big board, he now has Tavon Austin in his top five. Let yeah. me throw a question out to both you gentlemen for a moment. Number 14 uh, to the Panthers. Yes, is that, is that what I'm looking at, Panthers? Uh, they, as, as you pointed out, Brett, they need defensive line help. Uh, would Ziggy Ansah last to number 14? I can't imagine that happens. I really can't. I think there's too many teams. This this draft is so stacked for the for the offensive defensive line that I think there's so many teams out there that are either going to trade up into that spot if they don't have it, or the people that are already there are going to be taking linemen. Uh, we're already talking about. I was reading this morning that they're saying that we could see five of the first six picks be offensive or defensive linemen. Uh, I I don't think Ziggy Ansah is going to fall that far. Yeah, wow. listen, okay. if Ziggy Ansah falls below. Detroit. Any team after that is going to grab him real quick. Could be the Browns, could be the Cardinals, could be even be the you know the Bills. I, I mean, you know what? Are these guys that desperate to grab a Nassib or a Geno Smith when they could have a Ziggy answer on their defense? You know, it's uh, you know I you know definitely don't see him lasting that long. So okay, uh, who did you have going to the Panthers again, Brett? For the Panthers, I had uh, I had a few picks. DJ Fluker was one of them. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not really positive. I think they have a, they have a lot of things they could go with. So it DJ, could be just a toss up right now for the Panthers. DJ for you. Fluker, Sheldon Richardson, or Cordarrelle Patterson would be the uh, the three picks that I think that they would uh, go with at that spot. Okay, I'm gonna put down Patterson for you. Um, I got the Saints. Uh, I, I actually see the Saints going defense. I think that's one of the things that always hurts New Orleans uh, over the last couple of seasons. I actually see him going with uh, Bajorn Warner. In that spot, I could see. I could definitely see that if available. But Brett, who'd you have going there? Werner as well? Or, oh no, you had you had Werner going elsewhere, right? Yes, I've I've already had Werner going. I think we could see. It depends. It depends. Like a Jarvis Jones, if he falls from the Jets and they don't take him at that thirteen pick, I could see them going there. I could also see a uh, a Jonathan Hankins or an Arthur Brown. One of those two guys could possibly uh, fill right in with the Saints. <laughs> a Manti Teo. That's where I picked it. Just you for the never know. That's where you got Teo, huh? All right. I got, I got Manti Teo going to the Saints at number 15. But basically, I'm going to be honest with you, gentlemen. I'm, I, I did that just for the fun of today. Uh, I don't frankly think that's going to be uh, the case. But, uh, no, I thought I thought it would be – you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I could see Teo working with, uh, with uh, the Saints. I really could. Okay. I mean, it's it's listen. It's interesting. I think a lot of guys aren't going to go as high as everybody's really putting them at. You know, I I, I honestly believe a lot of guys like a Ziggy Ansa, you know, uh, you know, is going to drop down. I think a guy like Jarvis Jones is going to come up. It's you know, Warmack. I don't think is going to last as long as most people are saying he's going to last. Well, when, I I think you make an interesting point, Jonathan. But I also think it could go the other way, where we're going to see some guys who aren't being talked about as much going up the board. Oh. That's why I project that I think you're going to see Ryan Nassib go before Geno Smith. And which is like, which is interesting because if you a lot of the mock drafts out there, uh, there's a, there's a really good Philadelphia Eagles site out there that I read quite a bit, uh, Eagles Insider, and they have been running. Since the end of the season, since January, they've been running a, a weekly piece where they're actually taking all of the all 37. They're taking 37 mock drafts from the most reputable sources across the country, and every week they're updating who these 37 people have the Philadelphia Eagles taking. And uh, yesterday was their was their newest piece, and of those 37. 18 of them had the Eagles taking Geno Smith at number four, and I just can't see that happening. That is, I can't that's either. Stretch. I can't either. I, well, you know what? Let me ask you: If they did take Geno Smith at that spot, would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. I think he would fit in Chip Kelly's offense perfectly. But I think when you have the number four pick, you better make sure that you are going to have a guy that's going to be a guaranteed star. Yeah. So unless you're getting an Eric Fisher or a Dion Jordan or a D Milliner, I don't think you can really uh, go outside of that box. Do you think, okay. uh, Brett, do you think that uh, Geno Smith or E.J. Manuel would work better in this uh, offense? I think Manuel would. I think Manuel would work better myself, and that's why I think that the Eagles are going to go Deion Jordan at number four and yep. try to grab E.J. Manuel in the second round. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I agree well, with you. 
we'll definitely see what happens. There's a lot of teams out there looking for quarterback help, and unfortunately, this is not a real deep, deep draft for quarterbacks. Oh, no, I think a lot of guys are going to take, uh, you know what, that second option hole that they need to fill and uh, wait for the quarterback next year and see where they can grab a pick. So, Well, next year's class will be somewhat better, albeit, yeah. uh, you know, we're not looking at anything like we saw last year from the standpoint of the QB class. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be better than what we've got this year. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, you know, nobody should be sitting back this year thinking to themselves, oh, okay, next year is going to be great when it comes to QBs. Yeah. Not necessarily, folks. Mm. Not necessarily. Well, you know what, then again, I mean, listen, on Friday we had John Lobb with us, uh, you know, quarterback from the University of Richmond, Mike, a very athletic, mobile quarterback. Okay. We also had Terry Ray on with us today, former New England Patriot, who's a VP over at Pro Store Sports Agency. And they also have Ryan Oziecki from New Haven and Kyle Frazier from Monmouth on, on, on their roster. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that really nobody knows about that are going to be in the later rounds that teams can also sign as undrafted free agents, which we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go in the later rounds and sign as an undrafted free agent and turn around and be better than guys that went way before them. Yeah. We, so, we I mean, could... there's a real possibility that there could be a sleeper. Yeah, there could be, Jonathan, but I, I mean, think it's we... not necessarily a big percentage that it's going to happen. Yeah, thank you. But then again, and I'm going to say it again, who the hell knew who Tom Brady was before well, Drew Bledsoe went down? You yeah, know I mean? I, no, I, I hear you. Not any of these guys to Tom Brady, but if these guys are desperate for quarterbacks, why not groom one? The way they used to do it, you know? Well, history would tell you that the likelihood of an undrafted free agent becoming a star quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. It's few, few, very few. At no, but even if they grab him in the later rounds, Mike, a fifth round, a sixth round, you know, some of these guys could really come out and surprise. Who knows? I'm, I'm never going to say never. I mean, you know, like you say, I mean, you know, Tom Brady sits there, but. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I want to thank I had to uh, run out. He's, uh, his baby girl was crying. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. Don't worry, Brett. We have uh, my mascot over here, Cody. Likes to bark a lot, so we don't mind Brooklyn crying. Interesting picks. I thought that uh, I thought for the most part, I thought all of us were. Yeah. Was, you know, we're we're right there. I mean, in many respects. I mean, we just agreed on a few things. We're all around, uh, you know, two to three picks away from each other. I think yeah, so. I think for the most part, for the most part, I think we would make uh, probably adequate general managers in uh, this year's draft environment. Yeah. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Mike, remember, write down your list of 15 and get them to me because I'm, I am going to be putting them up on Fan Junkies. Absolutely. So. I've got them right in front of me here. Right. Going to make a little bit of a graph so we can keep um, tabs on it and see where we go. So. And, and and people can then respond to mine with their little icon with the <laughs> smiley face and the guy, tears rolling out of his eyes. Are you out of your thinking mind, McShane? Well, you could be, Mike. I could be. You very well could be. But, you know, we live in the land of mediocrity here at Fan Junkies Radio. We do, and it's a lot of fun, Mike. You know what? And, and we really like is, it that way. There's nothing better than mediocrity, <laughs> at least in our mind anyway. But uh, I have to say, I like your picks with the Jets. And uh, I knew you would. Very well could be there. Uh, you know what? I uh, You know, they need defense, so... We'll definitely see what happens, and that's Thursday this draft. Uh, so remember, the day before, we're going to be joined by uh, linebacker Justin Cudworth of Eastern Michigan to talk to him about the NFL draft and, uh, of course, how crazy his nerves are the day before the draft. Uh, I want to thank him for uh, even uh, agreeing to do it on Wednesday. I'm sure he's so busy. Also, uh, for today, I want to thank uh, Terry Ray, the uh, vice president of Pro Star Sports Agency, for calling in. Terry's a great, great guy. Uh, we're definitely going to have him on in the future to talk about his career playing for the Falcons and the Patriots and also being a scout for the Redskins after that. And now life as an agent. Uh, Terry Ray does it all. Thank you for uh, calling in today and also setting up uh, these interviews with your uh, draftees uh, and, and your clients. Also, I want to thank WFAN Jets reporter Chris LaPrusty for joining us to yep. talk about the Darrell Revis trade and the NFL draft as well. And also our very good friend, Brooklyn Daniel, for calling in and uh, doing our little uh, fun mock draft with us. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun today. A lot of fun yeah, today. You, you didn't want to do it. You had a good I, time. I, 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 you know, I, I was kind of – I was mocking it. <laughs> you had a good draft, Mike. You picked some good ones. You, you, know what, you know what? I thought you were going to go really, really far out, but you didn't. Oh, no. I, no, I didn't go too crazy. Yeah, I didn't go too crazy. No, I, I, I threatened you I was going to, but I didn't go too crazy. No, absolutely. All right. Well, 
Let's do this right real quick. Uh, Wednesday, Justin Cudworth, Eastern Michigan linebacker, will be joining us at around 12.15. Also, we have to mention May 10th, our 100th episode. We go two hours. We already have a couple of guests confirmed. We'll have some more that's going to be a big show for us here. Um, and we hope everybody, everybody tunes in for that day because uh, if it's not for you, our listeners, we wouldn't be going towards 100 episodes. You're making us one of the fastest-growing Internet radio shows out there, and uh, we are very, very grateful for that. Absolutely. As always, FrontHouseSports.net, FanJunkies.net. Head over to both. Sign up for FanJunkies, show your support, and also watch five minutes at the Frat House with our very own Mike McShane and his buddy, his pal, Sidekick, and uh, show your support to them as well. So once again, thank you to Terry Ray, Crystal Presti, Brooklyn Daniel. For Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all Wednesday. Catch you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.